All right. Welcome to another edition of Heart and Hustle, Visionary Healers, Movers, and Shakers. I am your tribal hostess, Paulette Ristini, and here bringing you another fantastic episode. You know me, you know how I love to bring people together and share them with you and, and, and meet incredible people that are doing amazing things around the world, making magic, making change. Uh, making goodness of all sorts, of all sorts, healers, movers, and shakers. And uh, today I have a special guest from Santa Barbara, California. Miles Carroll is with us today, and I'm so excited. And I don't know, I don't know Miles, um, but we're getting to know each other right now. <laughs> That's really fun. Uh, and I can't even remember how we got connected, but B school maybe. I think so. I, I think it must be. And I just, it's funny. I, I just sort of dipped my toes back in this year a little bit. So okay, I've been so kind of off the radar I for think that's it. So an online business school platform that we both have studied and, and got connected through, which is really amazing. I love these online connections that we can get these days. And so, Hey, Hi. welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here and Thank it's you. so fun. And so um, Miles has an intriguing bio. I'm going to read it to you and then she's going to tell us all about it because there's some, some things going on in there that's really juicy. So Miles has worked with individuals, couples, and families navigating anxiety and depression caused by day-to-day -day life stressors like relationships, career and finances. Oh, we know that's a big one. Um, to people suffering with post-traumatic stress disorder, substance abuse, codependency, bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, schizophrenia, and homelessness. Oh man, that's something that rips my heart out. Uh, she holds graduate degrees in depth psychology with specializations in counseling and community liberation and eco-psychology. Those are lots of big words in there, Miles. I know, right? Uh, which inform her work and her way of being in the world. She lives in Santa Barbara and is currently working on her PhD. Well, and that is like awesome. And then on top of that, you do tarot readings. I do, I do. Which, which I freaking love. And you're using, well, at least in, in the photographs, you're using my favorite deck right now, which is the Wild Unknown. Wow, cool. I love that deck. Oh I my God. That and that, oh, the, tarot card, the tarot deck and the animal deck. Yes. Yes. I have that deck as well. Yeah. Actually, There's, actually, you know what? I just gifted that, that. I will get another one, but I just gifted that deck to a friend of mine who's also in my program right now. And mm. she's studying to be an eco-psychologist as well. Wow. So, woo, you are like full circle. Yes, it's a, it's a lot, but it, I think it's all intertwined. I mean, I, I just, yeah. And so now, that, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I think we probably met in the, um, the B-School subgroup, maybe. The woo crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course we did. Because <laughs> I love to mix the woo with the practical. That's what I say in my coaching. Me too. Me yeah, too. awesome. And so... I mean, you, you definitely have a lot of interest and a lot of the, the formal education, mm -hmm. formal degrees with the 
esoteric, spiritual, whatever you want to call that path. So how do you blend all those to do what you do? Okay. That's interesting. So, um, it's <laughs> really funny. My, my website, right. And my, um, my sort of private organization, whatever you want to call it is called grounded psyche for that reason. Oh. Um, I have always been out to kind of prove to myself mostly, um, that science and spirituality are really one and the same. Mm. Um, since I was very little, I've had a lot of psychic um, experiences and um, very predictive um, experiences, if that's what you'd like to call them. And so, and, and I also come from a family that's um, kind of questioned that a lot <laughs> and uh, very, very grounded and driven and, you know, practical and, science, 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 and math. Um, and so it wasn't really something, it was like one of those things that like, oh, there's Miles always taking time to smell the flowers again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but on the flip side, it was, I'm, I'm always the one in my family that people come to um, kind of privately for advice. Mm. Uh, and I also noticed that in business and ha we spoke quickly before we started recording that I had worked in finance for a long time. And um, I've also on the side been into like my undergrad, I, I was a philosophy major. Um, I studied astrology for a long time. And so, um, like I always got a kick out of, you know, working in finance with all these alpha males and there, I worked in currencies and trading on a trading floor and, um, you know, they would, they would laugh at me all the time. Like, Oh, you know, Mercury's in retrograde again. But then on the, <laughs> on the flip side, they'd come up to me and be like, you know, when is it? Give me the dates. <laughs> You know, I like, so, oh my God. I mean, truly. And then they would like, they would all go back to the trading floor and be like, oh, that miles, you know? So, um, I just find it like really practical to work with these energies in a way that mm. me makes sense and just to be aware of them. So, um, when I'm working with clients, it's, I think it's really important to just be aware and not to be scared of it mm -hmm. and not to be, you know, afraid of, um, these things that are just integral in, you know, the day-to-day -day workings of our lives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, and to me, it's like so fundamental when we're talking about like, you know, it's especially in the past couple of years, I think, you know, and then you can see it in the woo crew too. It's like the divine feminine has become a really popular mm -hmm. sort of mm -hmm. um, thing and kind of catchphrase too. And I studied depth psychology. So to me, that's been, kind of terminology that's been around for a really long time um, and the tension of opposites and all of that kind of stuff. But um, I don't know, to me, that's just divine guidance, really. Yeah. Oh, I and love so, that. So you've been empathic or you've been in tune with your empathic abilities all your life. I wouldn't say that I've been in tune with it. I think I've been, a, for a lot of my life, I just kind of pushed it down and didn't want mm. to pay attention to it because I wanted to be smart. And I wanted to be taken seriously. And, you know, I'm also blonde and I didn't like that in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be really taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And so um, it, you know, it, it took me, I think, well into my thirties to really embrace mm -hmm. both sides of myself and to, you know, acknowledge that that is real wisdom as well. So was there, was there um, an action or a happening that, 
that said to you that, okay, it's time to embrace this and, you know, step out of the closet, if you will, or whatever? Um, I think, I don't think that I really stepped out of the closet per se to anyone else, but for myself, mm. um, 9-11 was a big thing for me. And mm. um, I had kind of an awakening where um, I kind of stepped into my own power about at least acknowledging where I stood. Uh, um, I, I just remember so clearly the day and I was working, I, I had an office by myself and um, with an, my other dog who has now since passed. Um, but I was just working alone. And when the first plane hit, I called my boss at the time and said, this is like, I, I just knew it in my soul. I said, this is not an accident. Planes don't just hit buildings in New York City. There's something going on. This is a terrorist attack. And my boss said, you know, our headquarters, I was working for a magazine, and she said, our headquarters are near the NASDAQ, Miles. If something was going on, believe me, we would have been evacuated. Stay in your office. Don't be ridiculous. And I said, I don't know why I'm, where I'm going, but I'm leaving. I'm, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not staying by myself. I'm, I'm out of here. Um, and I was uh, in Connecticut at the time, but I was across the water so I could see everything that was happening. Wow. And as I was driving home back to my apartment, also in Connecticut, um, I just had this like overwhelming sense of like just sadness just took me over. And I, and I didn't like, I was like sort of talking myself through it and I was driving and I just started bawling, like just gushing tears. And I was, I was kind of like, what is going on? Like, what is wrong with me that I can't control myself right now? Really out of character for me. Mm -hmm. um, I'm usually pretty stoic and like, in, like traumatic situations even. I uh, usually am the person that's like, got it under control, you know? But I was so crying so uh, uh, strongly that I had to pull over because I couldn't see. Um, and then, you know, by the time I got back to my apartment, the second plane had hit and it was, you know, the newscasters were talking and saying like, wow, we don't know what's going on. Everyone was dumbstruck. Um, but anyway, so that was like one of those moments that I was like, mm -hmm. I just knew it in my bones. I had goosebumps. I just knew it. Um, and then I found out that a lot of people that I knew were really impacted, of course, because I was working in finance at the time, you know, half an hour by train, um, where a lot of my friends commuted into the city. Um, anyway, so that was one of the times when I was an adult when I knew. And then other things like, you know, my mother always told me that I had an invisible friend growing up, which was like just a little bizarre. Um, especially so you didn't know it, but she knew it. Yeah, because I guess I had this friend that I named Stephen, right? And I am one of seven children, um, not all blood siblings, but I was raised with them all since the time I was three years old. And um, I hear my dog. Can you hold on one second? I'm just going to let him in. Hold okay. <laughs> Thank you. How do you do? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, good. So it was a good day. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, honey. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Bye. Good boy. Good job. Okay. He did well. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so anyway, I don't know where I left off, but yeah, so I had an imaginary friend. I guess my mother would say like, you know, call the kids for dinner and I'd rattle off my siblings names and then add whoever Stephen was. Okay. It's a little odd. I don't know. <laughs> and, and, but you don't recall Steven, your mom does. I don't at wow. all. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's different. That's a different take on that. Yeah. It's bizarre. 
I, it's a little odd. And so, I, after studying psychology too, I wonder about that as well. And it's not like I was lacking company, mm -hmm. you know, it's. So what about your mom? Is she psychic em empathic? Um, she, I think has been trying to develop those abilities more. She's always been into, um, she's been open to it for a long time. My grand, my great grandmother definitely was. Um, I, how do you know that? Through my mom oh, okay. and other family members. Um, you know, I remember her, but I don't remember anything like that about her because I was so young. Um, and she passed when I was pretty young too. Um, but yeah, for me, a, a lot of those things have been more like predictive dreams and things like that. Mm. So, um, so how do you marry that with the, with the psychology work and the PhD work that you're doing? Well, or do you? I do and I don't. When I'm doing traditional like counseling with people, um, I do, I, I have studied dream tending and dream work. So I, you know, incorporate that, but I don't put my own two cents in or I try not to um, because I was trained traditionally and um, really it's more about the client and their work and uh, sort of tending to what's coming up for them. Um, I'm trying to think if I actually have in any way really, I mean, in tarot, I think it, you know, when I'm reading clients, that's a total, a whole different ball game. That's, okay. you know, um, I mean, I, th I think when you're intuitive, it's sometimes the unconscious does speak through you uh -huh. sometimes, whether you want it to or not, certain things just come up in the room, but I, I don't, I certainly am not like trying to pull certain things out of the client that I feel like mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. need to address unless they are ready for it or, or they're pushing something that they need to mm -hmm. discuss. Um, well, and I mean, a tarot is a tool. So, you know, if it helps open doors or shed light on things or bring things up, right? I mean, there were back in, back in, uh, gosh, it's been a long time. Back in the 80s, I think, when I was in San Francisco, I was doing massage therapy. And I was reading Tarot and working with rocks and crystals and different healing modalities and magic. And, and you know, I would just incorporate whatever was necessary to incorporate whatever was coming up for the client. Uh, I mean, they're all tools. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Now that, now that you're, I, absolutely. And one thing that is coming up for me, that, so when I was working, I was in, um, when I was in school getting my counseling degree and getting my hours so that I could graduate. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and by the way, just for full disclosure, I am still debating whether or not I'm going to get my MFT licensure in California. Um, I have. Wait, I'm, MFT means what? Oh, sorry. Mar marriage and family therapist. Okay. There, there are so many different avenues you can go for licensure. I'm definitely going after the PhD. I have a counseling degree as mm -hmm. for, you know, um, like a school degree, and you have to have a certain number of hours in order to graduate from my school. Um, but 
you know, you can get an MSW. There are just all these different licensure right. things. In California, is the most strict. It's 3,000 hours. You basically have to work for free for five years. <laughs> it's a whole thing. And then, and then if I leave the state, I have to do it all over again. Right, and, yeah. So you're never leaving California. <laughs> right. And I've got family and, um, all over the place. And, and so who knows? But, um, but in any event, plus I have, I have some almost ethical concerns about the Board of Behavioral Sciences here in California. So oh. to, for me to actually spend money and do testing and a million other things for people who aren't even therapists to then um, make decisions about my career and how I'm allowed to practice, I just have some sort of uh, issues with it. But in any event, when, when I was doing that, I worked in a lot of different agencies in order to get hours so that I could be supervised. And that was all great experience. And, and I do think there are some valuable things there. But one of them, I was working for um, an agency that was uh, primarily with severe mental illness and dual diagnosis, which is mostly addiction and um, schizophrenia or bipolar or um, usually meth or alcohol, um, sometimes heroin, just different things. Uh, but back to the psychic experiences and whether I ever use that in a clinical setting or anything, I did find it really valuable, even though I was warned before by some of the supervisors. They said, we really like you, the staff really likes you, the clients really like you, but we're a little concerned because you are graduating from Pacifica, which is where I go to school. Uh, went to school at Pacifica Graduate Institute, um, which is a depth psychology program, um, which is all about Jungian practices and studying the unconscious and the collective. And, you know, we want to keep our clients grounded and we don't want them to talk about anything that's not super practical um, because they're already kind of in, as according to these people in La La Land. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but what was interesting, and I worked there for a lot of years, well after I needed to for my hours, because I, I really found the work rewarding, even though it was challenging. That was the gravy wow. working with these clients, because they were most of the time in their reality, they weren't allowed to talk about what they wanted to talk about, because everyone just shut them up all the time. Mm. Because they yeah. often would talk in metaphors or like, just for example, like, um, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm stuck in a sewer and I can, I'm, I'm underground and I'm, I can see the water bubbling up, but no one hears me, you know, and, and normally the, the supervisors would say like, redirect them. That's nonsense. You're not allowed to talk like that. Mm. Um, talk about something practical, go brush your teeth, tie your shoes, you know? Um, so, I mean, so many examples like that, or like I did oh, art classes. Wouldn't that make you just angry? <laughs> it, it did, it did, and it does. And I think it was um, really interesting also coming into the profession in my 30s, um, as opposed to a lot of the people that I was working with were, I mean, all ages, but some of them were a lot younger, and so they were being trained like that to just outright dismiss the people that they were there to serve. Right. And it was so, oh my gosh, so, so infuriating. And so I already had kind of this attitude, like, I'm not here to work for, I'm the man. <laughs> like, I, that's why I left finance. I was, I had a really lucrative career. <laughs> I'm not doing it so I can drive a fancy car. I am doing it so that I can serve people that really need help and want to, um, 
you know, and that's a tricky thing too, like the helping profession. But I really wanted to 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 accompany people that needed um, someone to stand up for them and and walk mm-hmm. alongside them. And so, um, but like that kind of thing. So so, and also working with imagery and symbolism and and uh, letting that serve as opposed to just the scientific and mathematical. Even though I think they're one and the same too. Um, but I also uh, taught or facilitated art classes too, where it was really just about being in nature and just supplying, you know, canvases and paints and just whatever medium. Oh, love it. Yeah, it was great. Um, and these are also clients that were diagnosed with whatever. And um, so were was- these people that were out on the street or people that were in a. It was a residential treatment center. Okay. So, and you, and one of the, one of the few places actually that, um, still in California, um, that was a few private pay, but mostly SSI. So mostly people that were like, so what does SSI mean? Oh, I'm sorry. There are people that are on, um, social security that have been conserved. Okay. So, So they don't have a lot of choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, a lot of the, the clients didn't, didn't want to be anywhere. They would rather actually be homeless or on the street or in nature somewhere, mm-hmm. but they were kind of rounded up and it was either they were going to be incarcerated or put into a psych ward. Or, yeah. And that's a whole nother. Mm. Yes. yes. Wow. Right. Right. And, and becoming a very huge thing in Portland right now too. Oh, I, I mean, bet. not only here, I know it's everywhere, but wow, the homeless and yes, here in Santa Barbara too. And, and definitely Los Angeles. Mm. Wow. You should, I mean, I don't know if you've ever Googled it's super sad, but like tent city is just, mm. it's like a third world. It's really yeah. frightening. Um, but just to give you this one last like example about like how this stuff can integrate speaking of the woo and the practical, um, I remember I was with one client and I'm not giving any identifying information, but just, um, I found this, I, it sits with me. Um, and, and this was also when I wasn't super trained and I was still learning. So I was a little leading in this example and I, I would probably do it differently, but it still resonated that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was with this young man and I knew a little bit about his history and he had painted something and it looked just like him. Like it was just like a stick figure, but it looked just like him. But it had, and it was just a full body figure with his face and it had these tears, but they were like red sort of bloody looking drops that went all the way to the ground. Mm -hmm. And so I said, wow, that's really like beautiful, but it seems like that guy's kind of sad. Do you want to tell me about it? And he started laughing, this kind of almost like maniacal laugh. Mm -hmm. And And, and I was like, whoa, what's that about? And he's like, no, silly. That guy is super happy. And I was like, really? And he goes, yeah, that's the color of love. That's the color of a heart. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, well, tell me more about it. And he goes, that guy's so happy because it's the first time he's in, he's in a family and he gets to cook with people and he's not getting yelled at by his dad. And I was like, wow. Wow. That just makes me want to cry right there. It, <clears throat> Me too. And I did actually get like teary-eyed that day. And I think I remember he did too. And it was like, you know, yeah, like the, the way that he could express himself in symbolism that he wasn't allowed to by talking because he wasn't, they would still in this, in this place, nip it kind of in the bud. If he started to say things like that, you know, we weren't allowed to hug, you know? So it's like, 
you know, even touching, ah. oh, like even if you're in the kitchen and you're cooking with someone, it was like always like practical. How many potatoes do you put in this for this many people? You know, and it's like, Gah. they just want connection, man. Right. That's, that's, that's it, man. That is like number one, yeah. <laughs> the human world. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's just, mm. So what are you going to do about that, Miles? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. I mean, oh. I seriously am still, I, I just turned 46, not just April last year, but I'm still like, um, I am, like I said, I'm still not sure about licensure. I'm, I, I'm going for the PhD. I'm, I'm just finishing a paper. I was finishing a paper today, about, and then I'm in my dissertation phase. I've thought about doing retreats. Um, I, so retreats for who? For clients like this that, so I know a lot of parents that don't know what to do. They are, I have taken a lot of like sort of family and friends. I don't have children myself, mm -hmm. even though I'm, I have a lot of godchildren and nieces and nephews um, and I adore them, but I, but I, right. Okay, cool. Um, but I, so I've, I have sort of taken on for a couple of months at a time, um, I would say kids, but like 20 something year olds that are sort of trying to find their way. Um, a lot of them, I shouldn't say a lot, but a handful that have sort of been spit through the process and gone through a lot of medications and um, are just sort of in that quarter life crisis, not sure what to do, where to go, need some guidance, but don't uh, have a place to go and don't really want to go into one of these like rehabs or, mm -hmm. which by the way, can cost a fortune. Right. Um, and then are, you know, you kind of can end up um, with some other sort of lost souls and get yourself into some trouble and, um, and then bounce around and around and kind of feel rejected from your own families. But a lot of parents just don't know what to do, especially at that age. And sometimes they also have other young children and it's impacting their own relationships and stuff. So I've thought about doing, and I have other friends that are um, sort of in the same boat as I am where they're like just in this career debate kind of about what to do next. And so I've thought about doing some retreats where it would be like a, just a chunk of time where you do um, like we each have our own sort of expertise, but then we can come together collectively and just have like a healing sort of environment for, for people to just sort of get like regrounded and refocused and feel connected and, you know, do some ecotherapy stuff. And anyway, it's, it's not thought out enough for me to, I'm not trying to pitch anything. I'm just sort of thinking out loud. Oh, sure. So tell me what ecotherapy means. Okay. It means a lot of things to a lot of people. It's really kind of a developing field, even though it goes back for a good, you know, I guess Gary Snyder and a bunch of other people. Okay, I've never heard it that goes term. back to, in, in, you know, indigenous psychology. So I, I mm -hmm. definitely don't want to coin the term like as if it's anything Jungian based or anything, because it really goes back to the end of time. Um, but really it's about the, <laughs> the interconnectedness of all things, right? And especially now, um, you know, whether you are 
believe in climate change or not, it's, it's about recognizing um, our dependence on our ecosystem. And, mm -hmm. um, and especially with, you know, like these connections, the internet even, like it can be amazing and we can do really incredible things, but it can also be incredibly toxic. Social media can be, I think, pretty devastating, I think, especially for young people that um, if you don't have a solid support system outside of it, um, you know, you can try to find your, your tribe or your crew and get really lost in that sort of matrix. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's kind of back to the, like the grounded psyche thing. Like <laughs> it's just finding, finding that, um, connected connectedness with the cosmos, but understanding that it really comes down to, you know, what's that expression about like carrying the water, you know, just really understanding that the, the, the basic elements mm. are, you know, you water your plants to watch them grow and you have to tend to that. I mean, the, you know, that's the most basic primal way I can describe mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a better Wikipedia definition. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people that have heard, heard that term before. So I mean, I mean my, my, um, I have some mentors that I can refer. Uh, um, Linda Bazell is amazing. You can, Google her, find her on Facebook. She's incredible. Um, Craig Chalquist is a leader in the field. Um, but I've been taught by both of them to, um, oh, uh, um, geez. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I could take it <laughs> right now. I'm like embarrassed. It's been a long day, but uh, Ed Casey is incredible. He, he's He's a phenomenologist and eco-psychologist. Um, anyway, I'll, I can shoot you a list. Cool. That's great. No, that's great. So I want to know what drives you, Miles, the woman. Um, kindness. Mm. Um, truly, like, just... like the small moments in a day that, that, you know, okay, I'll tell you what drives me. This, <laughs> a couple of things that happened recently drive me. Okay. They remind me why I have chosen this profession because it's not easy. It's not easy. And, I, and I'll tell you also, there are times when I was like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know, Christmas Eve's when I'm sitting in a, you know, a boarding care facility, like with, a lot of people that are very unstable and my family's, you know, cross country calling me like, we're all here. Why aren't you here with us? And I'm like, Oh my God. Um, but two things that happened recently, I got a random LinkedIn message from a woman that said like, hi, I don't know if you remember me. And of course I remembered her immediately, even though it was four years ago. Um, I was in the safe parking program and you were one of the managers in that program. And the safe parking program is, was a unique program here in Santa Barbara where um, people that were living out of their cars could, um, we had uh, lots, parking lots for them that were anonymous that they could get um, 
basically passes from us where they wouldn't be bothered by the police or anybody, but they would be safe in these parking lots for wow. you know, a certain number of hours overnight. And then we had resources for them where they could go take showers. We would oh. have laundry done for them, sometimes gas uh, wagers, just certain things. Um, you know, we, if, if you needed, uh, you know, you'd get like, um, grants to get your teeth fixed. If you needed something like that, if you had like, you know, a broken leg or something, we would try to like rally to get certain things done for emergencies, that kind of thing. So this woman said, I don't know if you remember me, but, um, I'm now living in Oregon, I think, or Idaho or something. And I, uh, it took a long time, but I wanted to let you know that your kindness really mattered. And I, um, finally got my nursing degree and I'm back on my feet and thank you so much for your, your help during that really difficult year and a half. There it is. There it is. Yeah. So that is like, I did that. Yeah. Right. And then another was, um, when I was, um, also when I was getting my hours when I was in school, getting my counseling degree, um, I worked with a client. I won't get into too much detail because it was just, you know, again, I don't want to take confidentiality, but this gentleman had pretty severe PTSD from serving in a war. We worked together and it was uh, really cool to work with him too because he was on appearance would not seem like he would be open to anything woo. And every single time he wanted to do um, sand tray therapy, which is like a union practice where you actually work with um, different toys and you reenact things and it works for a lot of different reasons, but, um, but that was cool. And he also did a lot of dream work and mm. he wanted to do a lot of meditation. He actually asked me to do some meditation so he could work with him um, himself when he was on his own. Anyway, he ended up emailing me out of the blue, like three and a half years after I hadn't even seen him or worked with him. And, it, and that was a bummer because I left that agency. So I wasn't allowed to work with him anymore. Um, um, anyway. And when, when I left too, he cried and gave me something really special. And, um, but anyway, he emailed me a year and a half later and he had named his child after me. I mean, wow. That's huge. Kidding me? That's huge. That's so beautiful. It was like. That's so amazing. Amazing. And then the, and, and especially it's like, I, I did, I did know that we had like a really special connection and that he, he was, he made it very explicit that I, you know, that the work was really important to him and all of that. So I knew that. And I knew that I would always remember him because he was one of my first, you know, real clients that I, I really couldn't not think about, like people say like, oh, when you're done with the therapy, you go home and just turn it off. Like I, I never can. I, I, I know myself, I never will be able to. Mm-hmm. You connect with your clients, like yeah, I just won't be able to. But <laughs> for three and a half years later, for him to even think that, like I was, I'm like, this is why I'm doing this work. Yeah. Like, and, and to truly know that, because I think about some of my teachers when I was like, you know, 13, 15, 16 years old and how they impacted me and that they impacted me enough that I want to do this kind of work because I just know how much of a difference they made in my life mm-hmm. that, that I could touch someone else's life even in a little bit of that way. Like that is it for me. It, 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 it's just the one. It's just yeah. the one. Yeah. You know, that's so beautiful. Yeah. That's great. So, okay. Now, so what do you do? for yourself 
How do you oh, feed? I, I am. I spoil myself all day long. Oh, good. Tell me. Tell I, me. I totally. I am like all about self care. Love it. I really am. I really am. I have a hot tub. I am. Yeah. I. I love facial products. <laughs> I, I really. I really, really do. Um, there are certain things I can improve upon. Like I know I could exercise more. You know, but um. I'm pretty good to myself. That's awesome. That's great. And you have to be. Yeah. I mean, you want to be, but you have to be uh, sometimes with the work that we do. Yes. Yeah. And I do, I do also, um, I, 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 I always seek out resources. I have my own therapist. I haven't seen her in quite a while because I just, I don't know. I guess I haven't felt the need recently, but I will, I do periodically go back to her when something comes up. Um, I am a huge YouTube fan. Like, you know, I love Brene Brown and I, you know, I'll research people like you. Like I will, I'm, I constantly go down the rabbit hole to find resources. I'm all about Abraham Hicks. And, oh yes, 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 yes. Right. My so, daily fix. Yeah. So I will, I have my astrology people that I love, you know, I, I, I will constantly feed my soul with that kind good. of stuff. That's so good. It's so important. And I share resources and I, and I really do appreciate when other people share them with me too. Yeah. It's, it's one of the main things that I work with my clients on is taking care of yourself. Because mm -hmm. we forget it's so easy to bypass that in today's crazy social media, frantic, crazy full world. It is. It is. And I do think I've gotten better as I get older um, about reaching out to friends too. Mm. you know, and just saying like, I'm not, you know, I had a rough day today or. I think, and that's it. And that's it. And you know, that's a whole thing about Brene Brown is, is being vulnerable and being able to ask for help, being able to say, Hey, I need, I need a little love right now. I need a little support. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also though, choosing who to be vulnerable with. Well, and that's true. Yes. And and one piece of self-care that I have finally learned is, and it's hard to admit this still, I have had to cut some people off. Mm -hmm. And that is, that was a shitty thing to have to learn, you know? Um, Cause there was a time in my life when I just was, I wouldn't say a doormat, but I really wanted everyone to like me a lot. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, I think that's a, that's a natural instinct in some way. Yeah. Until you learn that it's not, it's not that important that everybody like you. Right. Right. You want the, you want the people you connect with to like you. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, we all want to be loved. It's, right. it's, that's a hu basic human need is to be loved, to love and be loved. Right. But I do think that there's a valuable piece of self-care that when, you know, third time around, if someone's taking advantage of you, that you uh -uh. need boundaries are really yeah. important. And, you know, I still go through that. I, I even I'm I'm going to be 62, and I still go through, you know, letting people go out of my life or bringing new people into my life. And sometimes it's super temporary. Sometimes it's like for a week. Sometimes it's for a month. Sometimes it's for a year. Sometimes it's forever. Right. And I think is if we if we go into any relationship with that idea that we're here, we're present right now, mm -hmm. and let's enjoy what we have to offer each other. Mm -hmm. And it may not be forever, mm -hmm. and, but if we turn toxic or, you know, codependent or whatever, right. to be able to let that go. 
definitely. Yeah. I, I, I love sh- shifting through life and sifting through life. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's just so many great experiences to have. And so many great people to meet, which is why I love doing this show. I love your show. I went, I went back and watched a bunch of your episodes and I love, it's so cool what you do. Isn't it amazing? It's really cool. It's so fun. And sometimes, you know, there are people who are just starting out. There's some people that have been in business forever. There's, it's just, I love people and I love to be wowed. I want to be wowed. Right. You know, I want you you to have that attraction thing going on where you're, you are sifting and you are attracting really cool things. And, and, and everybody should, should, everyone should have that idea of life that nothing is forever. It doesn't have to be forever. Right. You know, but enjoy it now. It's so true. You know, on that topic, and this has been sort of sitting in the background for me for definitely this, our time together, but for a while now too. Um, a really good friend of mine who happens to be my little sister's best friend growing up was diagnosed with cancer mm. and I'm incidentally having dinner with her tomorrow night. Um, she's one of my favorite people and one of the most vibrant, hilarious, lively, just cool people on the planet. Just all around. She's a nurse. She's such a giver. I mean, truly one of the funniest people I've ever known in my life. Um, and when I talked to my sister most recently and I was like, how is she? She's like, she's the same. She's herself. And, and I was like, really? Like, really? And she's like, don't be a Debbie Downer, man. She didn't want it. Like, she's just, so she went, did her final treatment, whatever was going to be the last ditch thing, went to Germany, did like the best and greatest, whatever. And when they went to give her her last, you know, treatment protocol and this is what your results are, she was like, I don't want it. I'm doing my bucket list regardless. I don't want to know because I feel good right now yeah. and I'm just living my life and I'm, I'm just doing it. And since I heard that, I know that, and I feel like I live my life pretty much like that anyway, mm-hmm. but it's just like, it just puts a different perspective on everything. Yeah. 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 You know, none of us know, none of us know how long yeah. we have, but we can, we can live in that victimhood. Right. You know, or we can choose to not in her case. I don't want to know. Yeah. But it's also like, exactly. But even for myself, it's like, I find myself like, you know, when I wake up in the morning now, it's like, it's not like one of those, like, yeah, I got a deal. It's like, I'm up. Hey puppy, what are we doing? Like, it's just a very different mentality. And it's kind of like the eco psychology way of being too. It's like, all of a sudden it's like, a bird's chirping and you hear it differently. Yeah. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. you see even like the light on a blade of grass, like that's a miracle. Yeah. It totally freaking totally. Yeah. You know, I'm so into that everyday magic. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, that's part of my whole philosophy is living with everyday magic, but you said puppy. And because I have a puppy, uh, she's seven months now, I think just, and I'm telling you, Every day is a freaking blessing. It's hilarious. And the energy. And I mean, I learn so much just from waking up with her every day. Because you see it through their eyes. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And 
I just laugh. I just, I'm like barrel laughing, you know, at five o'clock in the morning. Right. And yeah. it's also like, it just changes things too, because they can do things that are like, really? Did you just like rip up that entire thing? <laughs> but like, as you're picking up like shreds of things, it's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. Like, I learned that, you know, I learned that a long, long time ago when, when I had my first, well, not my first dog, but my first dog as an adult, um, I was taking him for a walk. So I, I, I uh, raised corgis. I love it. And we were just taking a walk in the neighborhood and he was a puppy and there was an, an older gentleman taking a walk and he ran up to me. He jumped all over his pants, right? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And he goes, I can wash my pants. Right. I'm like, dude, that's like the most profound thing. Right? <laughs> it is. Like the dude abides. <laughs> like, we're in the moment here. Let's enjoy it. I don't right. care about the pants. Right. Oh my God. And I'll just, I'll never forget that. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> you can wash your pants. <laughs> Right. Let it go. Yeah. So good. So good. Oh, Miles, what fun. What fun Thank to talk you. with you. You're amazing. So are you. You're amazing. You. I love it. Oh my God. So good. And we're going to be neighbors. Oh my God. Please. I, I hope you make it to Santa Barbara. I will. I'll show you all the fun stuff. Excellent. Excellent. Santa Barbara Bowl. I don't know if you're into music. Well, of course you're into music. You got the dance. We've got so many cool things here. Yeah. And I play music. What do you play? I play guitar. Oh, cool. I'm trying to learn. Yeah. I have a little guitar right next to my room next door. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. I've been playing in bands all my life. Oh, nice. I know. Nice. One of those women who do lots of shit. I love it. I've got a, I've got a Facebook. Uh, check out Rudy Grass Music. I used to have a blog. But I, I haven't for a long time, but yeah, I love it. Okay. Yes. So anyway, miles, miles, miles. Thank you so much for being here and thank you out there in heart hustle land. Wow. What a great conversation and thank you. what amazing work you're doing in the world. Thank and you. You too. I appreciate you. Just, uh, just, you know, just do it, girl. Just do it. It's so good. Um, so thank you for your time and for being here with me and with all of us. Thank you. And all of you out there, um, we'll have links, um, to miles page in, you have a tarot offer. I do. Yes. I'd love to give a reading or three, whatever you'd like to offer your crew. So we'll, we'll write that in the, in the column when we, when we actually publish this uh, post and that'll be awesome. I want one. <laughs> and the way I do um, my readings typically is I'll do like a, a video recording of my reading first and then send it to you because I also have a million other jobs going on. So I just, um, it's just easier for me. Of time course off. you do. <laughs> and, then, um, and then we can schedule a call to follow up and do the actual reading so that we can discuss everything. Cool. Fantastic. So what a beautiful gift for you guys out there. Um, a few of you who take you, take us up on that. Um, thank you for being here. Thank, thank you, you for, for being part of heart and hustle. And um, we, I always appreciate comments and questions and I'm just really happy that you viewers are out there and sharing in this in my third year of doing this. Congratulations. That's huge. And um, I know it's awesome. And until we meet again, everyone, thank you and many blessings. Mwah. I love thank you. you. Thank you.